do want to share that with you, so if you could return to your seats. If you would, go ahead and open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2 and uh, verse 46 and 47. We'll read those two verses for our text, and I'll dive right into what the Lord wants me to share with you today. If I don't get to tell you personally, I wish all of you a very happy new year, and I believe God is going to do great things as we close out 23 and welcome 24. Acts chapter 2, verse 46, the word of the Lord says, And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, this is your church, not mine. You and your word alone saves, heals, and delivers. For you know everything, God, and every person and every struggle. I pray now, Lord, and believe that your word is anointed and appointed for this moment. And on the authority of your word, I bind every spirit of hindrance. And I loose your anointing to continue to fill this place throughout the duration of the preached word of the Lord. Without you, we are nothing. So let there be a demonstration of your spirit and power and confirm your word with signs following. And Jesus, let me walk in your spirit, not in my flesh. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. The Holy Spirit was poured out as witnessed in Acts chapter 2, 1 through 4. If you were to read there previous to where I was reading, falling on 120 who had lingered as Jesus had told them to. Then, after Peter preached, another 3,000 were filled with the Holy Spirit, and from there the gospel began to spread throughout the known world. It continues to spread globally today. In fact, according to the Pulitzer Center, uh, there's about 35,000 people a day who are being born again of the water and spirit in Jesus' name. As well, according to the Barna Group, 49 million born-again people this year shared their faith with someone else. That is equivalent of 134,247 people daily hearing the testimony of Jesus Christ. Or to put it another way, about 5,594 people every hour. Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? I want to share those statistics with you to show you that you are part of something bigger. While one was filled with the Spirit today and will be baptized in a little bit, and while at least one is on the schedule to be baptized in our Spanish church tonight, the fact is thousands around the world today are being filled with the Spirit and baptized in the name of Jesus. We're a part of something bigger than Omaha. Amen. And so when Luke writes... 
in, in verses 46 and 47, what we read today, he was not only describing the 3,120 in, in, in 29 AD who experienced Pentecost. Luke was also prophetically pointing to 2023 when millions would share their testimony and upwards of 13 million a year would experience the new birth message around the world. Here's why that excites me. When the Bible says to the uttermost part of the earth, that includes nations that weren't yet in existence. The United States of America was not a nation when Jesus said those words and they were recorded by Luke. Russia was not a nation. England was not a nation. And there's many other nations that were not a nation or people. And yet, conservative estimates put the world's population somewhere between 180 to 300 million in 29 AD when those words were given. Let me put that in perspective. The United States alone is 340 million people. So just in the U.S., there are more people than were in the whole world in 29 AD. And that is a drop in the bucket to the 8.1 billion in the world today. In other words, I am glad that the gospel has never died out, fizzled out, or become the, the past news or dead or some other thing. It's still alive. It's still well. It's still moving forward today. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm also excited because I can't wait to hear the last trumpet and join the great multitude which no man can number, the Bible says, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues worshiping around the throne with Almighty God. Amen? That's why I love looking around the room and seeing people of multiple ethnicities, seeing people of multiple ages, seeing people that are children up here praying and adults praying and, and seeing people who've come from all walks of life. I love it because this is a picture of what heaven's going to be like. The only difference in heaven is it's always going to be perfect. There's not going to be any pain or sorrow, guilt or fear. Hallelujah. One of the best things I think that heaven is going to present and that reality is there'll be no more Satan. Hmm. Paul said, when I would do good, evil was present with me. I can't wait for the day evil is no longer present with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, I come to you today to also launch to you what our vision is for 2024. And it is in a single word. The word daily. That's our vision. You might also notice in the logo that is up behind me, there seems to be a rooftop over a few of the words, the first few letters of the word daily. This is to draw your attention to two concepts within the scripture. Let me read them again. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Amen. Notice in verse 47, because they did their part, watch this, and the Lord added to the church. In other words, here's your take-home truth today. When we do our part daily, God does His part daily. So I've come to declare boldly from this pulpit today, I don't want a weekly church. I don't want a monthly church. I don't want an annual church. I want a daily church. I heard a report last night 
talking to one of you that shared with me that during a Bible study you were teaching a person begin to speak in other tongues. That's a daily church. That's what we want. Amen. I remember somebody called me earlier this year and they said, I know it's not Sunday, but can you baptize me? I said, absolutely. We're open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You want to get baptized? We can get you baptized. That's a daily church. Amen. And so when we read and pray and study the Bible daily and testify to others daily about Him, connecting with our neighbors, God will add to the church daily. So here, I'm hereby issuing a challenge as we close 23 and open 24. Let's make our homes a house of prayer. Let's make our homes a place of Bible study. Let's make church prayer a priority. We can fellowship afterwards. We can talk afterwards. But when it's prayer time before church on Sunday or on Wednesday, let's get here and pray. Iron men, we're going to be praying once a month on Mondays. Let's be here at 730 and let's make it important. Let's put it as a priority on our lives. Amen. Let's turn our homes into a place of prayer. Let's make our homes a place of studying the Word of God. You heard Pastor Lucas preaching and teaching in the first half and shared a story of him on the phone with Brother Keith while he was in Puerto Rico. Brother Lucas in Puerto Rico, not Keith. And they were talking and Bible studying together on the phone. Let's make that a reality, amen, across the uh, Omaha metro and across our lives, amen. Let's make our homes a place where discipleship happens, where we help others connect with God and grow in faith and serve others and lead by example. Again, when we do our part daily, God will do His part daily. And this goes back to something God told me in 2019 as I was at the general conference. God spoke to me and said, if you'll do what you can, I'll do what I can. Amen. So what does is, what is daily entail? Here's what our part entails. According to Psalms 72, 86, Acts 2, and Acts 5, we are to pray and praise God daily. So let's pray daily and let's praise God daily. Here's a good way to do it. Let the first thing out of your mouth be good morning, Lord. I love you. I bless you. Start your day praising Him. Start your day praying to Him. In, in Proverbs 8, we are to watch daily at the gates of wisdom. You can align that to Bible study. Let's daily open the Bible and let God open our understanding. We are to seek God and delight in His ways daily according to Isaiah 58. We are to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow Jesus according to Luke 9.23. We are to search the Scriptures daily according to Acts 17.11. We are to die daily, which means to repent in 1 Corinthians 15.31. And we are to exhort one another daily. In other words, build up and strengthen and help and teach one another daily. That's our part. Now watch this. Here's God's part. He's going to daily load us with benefits. Psalm 68, 19. He's going to give us His daily bread, which is His Word. Amen. Matthew 6. And in Acts 2 and Acts 16, He's going to add souls daily to His church. Amen. I'm going to do my part. How about you? Amen. Guess what that means? If we'll do our part, He'll do His part. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Pastors, if you would help me and hand out real quickly our pamphlets 
and a card. If you could put that second screen up for just a minute, Brother uh, Allen, thank you so much that I sent you. Amen. So there is a uh, card you're going to be receiving and a pamphlet today. Uh, the pamphlet will explain. I'm going to go through it in just a minute. But also on the card, you can see it on the screen here behind you. That's what it looks like. I'm holding one up here. But it says on the one side, you were noticed, has our logo. On the other side is a QR code people can scan. And it'll take them directly to our church website. It's, it's matte, so you can write on it. On the back, it's blank. Here's the idea. How many of you go to Starbucks or Scooters or whatever, right? How, how many of you, you go to a restaurant occasionally, waitresses, waiters? How many of you ever, you know, don't use the self-checkout line, but maybe you go to a checkout line where there's a, a person there? How many of you uh, talk to maybe a, a, a person that works on your vehicle or whatever, a neighbor, a coworker? You can give this to them and say, hey, you were noticed. I want to thank you for doing a good job. And, and, and I just want to call you out and say, hey, great, great job today. Appreciate the, the service you gave or the thing you did or whatever. Maybe you see your neighbor doing something and they're helping another neighbor or whatever and you can give that to them. And so take a bunch of these. We've literally got 5,000 of these. So uh, we want to get them all out this year. I'd like to get them all out in the first quarter. That'd be great. But anyway, take these. This is a way to help us accomplish the vision of daily this year. Okay. Does that make sense? Put them in your purse, put them in your wallet, put them in your pocket, keep them in your car, amen, and when you go places, make sure you hand them out, okay? I've been in long lines before, and, and I get thanked, uh, thank you for your patience, what do you, would you like to order, whatever, and, and, and there's, there's a lot of stress and all this, and they still get the order right. You know what, I'm going to pull out one of them cards and say, hey, thank you, you know, it's stressful today, but you're doing a great job. I just want to say you're noticed, okay? It's, a, it's, just a, it's just a great way to get the word out about who Jesus is. And the reason we're doing that is if you take your pamphlet, all right, everybody, I know, has everybody got a pamphlet now? Most everybody's got one? A few, still everybody? Okay. So, to, so check this out. If, if you, I'm showing you how you hold it here. When you open it, this side here, all right, so I'm looking at mine. It says purpose, right? So I'm going to walk down through this with you. Purpose daily is our intentional vision to create first century apostolic behavior in our lives every day. Again, I mentioned this already, but the rooftop concept, okay? Below the logo, you'll notice the word process, bold-faced, underlined, right? Imagine each disciple maker at TCO committing to reach for one person daily by either praying for them, inviting or serving them, teaching them a Bible study, or discipling them in some way. If you open it fully in the middle, you'll see in red, prescription and the verse I just read as my text today Acts 2 46 and 47 so our prescription is the word of God that if we'll do what he says daily he'll do what he promises daily if we'll be a daily church he'll add to the church daily the plan is simple teach bible studies and and I actually put it in the uh you know ongoing form, uh, teaching. So teaching Bible studies, praying daily, being a disciple maker, inviting friends, serving others. And that carries forward onto the other side of the page, the far side, the protocols. And you can see a little bit more in depth of each one of those. So teaching Bible studies. It can be a, a full, like a 12 week. And we want to teach as many of those as possible because we want people to know the word of God systematically. 
but also a beyond belief Bible study, which is simply the, the new birth message. That would count. And if you're teaching somebody or talking to somebody at your job and you're talking about a biblical concept, maybe the oneness of God or maybe salvation or your own personal testimony, that counts. That's sharing the word of the Lord with them. Amen. Praying daily. Of course, we know what that means, but let's also think about this. Instead of telling a coworker, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll call my pastor and we'll put it on the church prayer page, or, or I'll call Sister Nancy, our prayer director, and, and have her uh, put it in the, uh, you know, the, the group or something. No, pray, do that, but pray with them right there immediately. Pray immediately with people and expect God to be, give the answer. Being a disciple maker, listen to others, share your testimony, amen, and suggest a Bible study. Invite friends. But think about this. Don't just invite them to church. Invite them to be your friend. Take them to dinner afterwards. Get them a coffee afterwards. Share with them your testimony. Amen. We're not just wanting to bring friends that we just dump on the church and say, good luck. <laughs> we want them to encounter the transformative power of Jesus. But we also, let me tell you why that's important. Okay. I love everything we do, okay? I, I love the drama, Sister Alicia. I, I love, you know, all the different things that we do. I, I love all the different, uh, you know, groups that we have. I think all of those are wonderful, and they help to strengthen the church. But watch this. It's proven across multiple uh, groups that, that, that study this thing. 76% of people come to church because a friend invited them. That's two-thirds, or three-fourths, excuse me. That's three-fourths of people. That means 24% is everything else. Social media, revivals, other types of events or things is the other 24%. So we wanna, we're wanting to put a lot of our effort into 76%. You ever heard of ROI, return on investment? We, we want to put more effort in what's going to give us a good ROI. We're not, we're not going to stop doing those things, okay? We're going to still do them because there are also opportunities. For example, the drama this year, what was it, 50, I think, Trevor, you said 50 attended, was it, Leisha, Trevor, somebody help me, about 50 guests overall, something like that, 60? Yeah. So praise God, but here's my point. We're also going to do it more than just a drama. We're going to do it more than just a special event like Community Sunday or something. Amen? All right, all right. And then serving others, be, be intentional, be Jesus to them. Then if you kind of fold it, okay, or if you want to just turn it over, but that part that says potential, okay, everybody see that? If just 50 people, and we've got a lot more than 50 here today, and a lot more watching that are a part of this, if just 50 people would commit to encountering one person a day, coworker, neighbor, friend, etc., well, 50 times 1 is, well, you guys are going to pass math, okay? That means 50 people a day are going to be influenced for Jesus. But watch this. There's, 2024 is a leap year. There's 366 days. That means 18,300 people will be reached some way in 2024 if just 50 people. Well, if you double that to 100, that's over 36 thousand people did you know that in our zip code alone here at the church there's about 35 to 37 thousand people just in 68134 in other words if 100 people would commit to this i realize it wouldn't be 
the people necessarily in this zip code, because all of us live in different ones across the Omaha metro, but can you imagine what would happen if about 35 to 40,000 people were touched by God? Again, if we'll do our part. Jesus never said to pray for the harvest. He said to pray for laborers to go into it. The harvest is there. We need the laborers to go forward. So, now, the last thing on here before the picture of Brother Sal and Brother Luke. How many remember Brother Luke from this summer? Love that smile on his face. Amen. Good young man. But notice the power. TCOO becomes a daily church. I'm not suggesting that we're not already, but I am suggesting we can get better. I want to get better. How about you? I want to be a daily church. How about you? Amen. Amen. I wonder for just a moment if we could just ask the Lord to help us, each one of us, to make a commitment to be a daily disciple. Let's pray together right now. Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity today. We thank you, Lord, that we can be who you have called us to be that we can do what you've asked us to do. That, Lord, it may seem a hard task, but if we'll do our part, we know you will do your part, which includes giving us the strength and the courage and the anointing to do so. You told your disciples to take no thought what they would say in that day, for you would fill their mouth. And I prophesy that verse over our people as well, and over myself as well, that as we open our mouths and speak, you would fill it with the right words to say, that you would give us the thing to say to minister to others, in need in Jesus name as we become a daily church hallelujah let's clap our hands to the Lord thank you Lord amen and amen and amen as part of the daily church one of the things that we are going to do is we're going to refocus and I use that term uh, re because we're already focused but we're we're going to tighten that focus up, if you will, on discipleship. And so uh, some of you may have heard, and because and, and, I've announced this now for a few months, but uh, Pastor Jeremy and Sister Kiara, our, our teaching pastor, felt led to uh, God removing that burden for our hyphen ministry, and they began to feel this burden for discipleship ministry. And so God worked some things out. Uh, I didn't know all of that, but was feeling it myself, and Brother Donnie, Sister Kara were feeling some things, Pastor Lucas was feeling some things, and it was just, when we all got together, the pieces of the puzzle just all came together very smoothly as God began to open that door. And so I've asked Pastor Jeremy to come and just give us a bullet point, uh, a three, four minute here, uh, a snapshot of what's coming with discipleship this year. Asking a teacher to only speak for four minutes is kind of hard. All right, ready? Okay, here we go. <laughs> if I were to ask pretty much anyone in this room that's been in church for more than a day, what do you want to hear Jesus say to you when you stand before his throne? Uh -huh. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Yes. What does that word mean? Servant means to be a willing, submissive individual to the will and word of God. Well, how do we do that? How can we be submitted to God's will and to his word? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's called being a disciple. Yes. You can sing up here on the platform. You can serve in other ministries. 
But discipleship is the one thing that is not for one group and not another. It's, it's not for those who are smart and those who don't have as much education. Discipleship is a mandate to all who want to be called good and faithful servants. And here's what I love the most about this term disciple. Disciple does not mean one who has everything perfectly together <laughs> so they can train someone else. Discipleship is an amazing word because it actually points in two directions simultaneously. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. A good disciple must first learn how to be submitted to God and follow after him. Amen. But then the byproduct of doing that is creating other individuals who also are following after the spirit of God. So don't allow your inexperience or your fear or your nerves to, to make you think you can't be a disciple. Because right. all I want you to do, all God wants you to do, is to follow him and help others also follow him. What we're going to do in this coming year, I'm very excited. We're going to have a couple different things happening simultaneously. There will be some leadership tracks that we're going to make available to everyone based on what you feel God calling you to do or how you feel God calling you to grow deeper in certain areas of your life and leadership and in ministry. Um, well, you'll hear more about that here soon. And then the other big thing is... Um, there's going to be two different times of year where we're going to be launching what we're first calling first steps and then ultimately next steps. This is the, the ground level of discipleship within this church. And I told Pastor Powell this recently. Sometimes what happens is when we have people who are new who come to church. And maybe they've been in church for 50 years and now they're new to us. Sometimes we have this tendency to say, well, we don't, we don't want to ask them to do those classes because they've been in church a long time. Well, I haven't been in church 50 years, but I've been in church long enough to know this. I always need more. Yes. Jesus. We will never reach a point in our walk with God on this earth that we don't need to hear again the foundational principles of the word of God. True. I'm looking very forward to what's going to happen in this year. I believe that discipleship is going to be the thing that help us to realize a daily church Amen. in this city. Amen. I think you did it. <laughs> amen. Amen. Who says preachers can't be short-winded? <laughs> um, but I, I am excited. And thank you, Pastor Jeremy, for giving that synopsis for us. And please talk to them if you're interested in this. Uh, we're going to launch this in March. And, so, um, and, and also in March, April, and May, and in another uh, three-month segment, uh, our Wednesday nights are even going to look different. We're going to have some uh, groups set up here in the sanctuary, three different uh, groups, as well as this uh, next steps class or first steps class, excuse me, uh, going on as well. So there's going to be some opportunities uh, for some learning um, in more than just from a pulpit uh, lecture style. It'll be more of a Bible study style where questions and answers, of course, can happen in a smaller group setting. So we're looking forward to that and what that's going to look like. And, of course, our children's team and youth ministries and student ministries teams are still going to be having their classes, but as well focusing on some of this with us uh, to ensure this discipleship element going forward. Amen. At this time, I want to do something special. It's going to take just a couple of minutes, but I, I ask for your uh, uh, patience as we do this. I, I know it's 1242, and uh, I, I recognize the time, and I know we have children and all of that, but this is our Vision Sunday, and I do want to take just a moment to, to, to ask different ones to stand. Now, 
what I'm going to do is, is to expedite time is if you would remain standing, okay? Uh, so all of you who are part of the pastoral team, all of you who are part of the finance team, our trustees, all of you who are part of the praise team, children's ministries team, student ministries team, media ministries team, connections team, discipleship ministries team, outreach and evangelism team, cleaning teams, uh, our Iglesia Bethesda teams, amen, family by design, uh, if you're a part of uh, uh, those that help out in Nebraska City, amen, our prayer teams, Sister Nancy, our classics, amen, our forever young, our marriage mentors, and any of you who are involved in maintenance, if you are involved in any one of those teams, and I know some of you are involved in a couple of them, would you all please stand? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, I want us to give all of these, and you give each other, a great big round of applause for serving, helping, leading. You may be seated. Now, every Sunday when you hear Pastor Trevor say, if you want to serve or volunteer... Right? You hear him say that? There's a screen that even comes up. Right? If you want to be a part of something, see one of those people. So, Shannon, would you wave your hand over here, please? Pastor Trevor, would you wave your hand? Pastor Lucas, would you wave your hand? Jackie, where are you? Back here. See one of these four people and get connected, get involved in serving. Here's why that's important. Earlier this year, about, uh, well, I wouldn't say too early, but about a month ago, um, I began to, to wonder what our numbers were with serving. And, and I, so I wanted to look up first what the average is. What are, what are churches uh, known for? And according to a number of places I went to, like the Barna Group and others, 34% is the national average. It's declining. Uh, back in 2019, it was upwards of about 46, 48 it stayed that even through COVID uh, in, in the mid-40 range, but it began to decline rapidly after COVID for whatever reason, 21, 22, and this year. This year they expect it to uh, taper out around the 34, 33% range. So I wonder, I said, well, where's TCOO? Where, where do we fit in that? And so Trevor and I went back and forth, even argued a little bit, and I think he won. I don't know if I won or you won, but one of us won. Jesus won. Amen. But we wanted to make sure we had it right. Uh, and, and not be embellish the numbers in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And as we went through and made sure and, and rechecked and recalculated and double-checked and triple-checked, this is our numbers. So again, the national average is 34 for churches. TCOO is hitting 65%. That's pretty awesome. So I want more of you to get involved. And trust me, there's a lot to be done. Amen. There is a lot where you can help out. And so if you're willing and you would love to, to, to connect in some way, please, in Jesus' name, would you do that? At this time, if our ushers would hand out communion, I would appreciate that. I'm trying to expedite for our families. I appreciate your patience with us today. Amen. We're typically done, I know, usually around 1230. So thank you for allowing a little bit of latitude today. While they're handing out the communion, again, I want to emphasize, I trust you, 
And if you feel like you've made your calling election sure, then that's between you and God. I do not judge anyone uh, who does not want to receive it or does. I'm, you're, it's up to you and God. I let you make that decision and trust the Holy Ghost in you. So you can go ahead and hand those out. Thank you. As well, parents, if you want your children to, uh, I want you to be the judge of that. If you feel they understand what communion is, then that's up to you as the parent, and I let you make that decision, okay? Uh, if you would, wait until everyone has it. We're going to take it together. And so as the ushers are doing that, uh, Brother Keith, I will need one too when you get a chance, please. Um, but we were, we're going to take it all together. I want to also explain for those who might be new, we have two tabs in there. Thank you, sir. The first tab, the clear tab, peels back and that opens up on the top. There's the, the bread, okay? And then the second tab will peel back and that is the actual uh, juice, okay? So, I want everybody to make sure they've got communion. And then I want to explain something to you because the Lord showed me something fresh regarding this that we're going to do today. And I want to explain it to you. I have one. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is what the Lord showed me. I mentioned this Wednesday night briefly and said how I was going to share something that was new that I had never seen before. But communion uh, comes from, at least in part, two words, common union. Communion, common union. It's also where community, common union, unity, union is uh, derived at the Last Supper, and by the way, when they would take communion in the Bible days, all of them would eat from the same bread. It would be passed around. They would all touch it. All of them would drink from the same cup. For obvious reasons, we're not doing that. Um, and I don't think we're doing it any less or effective. But the idea was, what's in you is in me. And what's in me is in you. Common union. Communion. And so when we do this, that's the first thing God showed me is that this is more than just celebrating and remembering the Lord's death, but that this is a sense of connection and unity between all of us. But then something else that, was, that I heard and it stood out to me, Jesus, when He passed the bread and then He passed the cup, He said, I will not drink of this cup again with you until I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. And it dawned on me, and this is what the Lord spoke to me. We do know that communion is also remembering the Lord's death. Something that in the past, Paul said, as oft as you drink this. In other words, every time we do this, we remember Calvary. Thank you for your death. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for your blood that covers our sins. Right? But communion also looks to something yet to come. He said, I will not drink this with you again until I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. In other words, there is something yet to come. And so today as we drink this communion, 
I've felt to say this over a couple of you privately, and I feel to say it now over all of you publicly. Whatever pain, hurt, fear, frustration, guilt, whatever, I want you to leave it here today. Remember, yes, the Lord's death. And in that, remember that those things are going to die today. And when He rises, death, all those other things didn't rise with Him. Sin didn't rise victorious when Jesus arose. But I also want you then, as you're taking this, to look ahead and say, you know what? There's a fresh anointing coming for me. There's a fresh experience coming for me. I'm leaving something behind, but I'm looking to something greater today. And so in that vein, I want us to take together right now both the bread and the cup in the name of Jesus. Praise team, when you're done, if you would come up. Hallelujah. Lord, we receive this right now. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. But we look ahead to what you're going to do. We thank you, Jesus, that we can leave pain and guilt and fear and sin and sickness and all behind us. And we can reach ahead, oh God, to a fresh anointing. Hallelujah. We receive this communion today in that vein as well, Lord. We reach forward to what's coming. We reach forward to who you are in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Can we just begin to thank the Lord together? Can we begin to magnify Him together? Come on. Do you believe He's worthy today? Do you believe He's worthy of it all today? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I asked the praise team if they would sing one last song as we close out our last service of the year. And that's the song worthy of it all. And I want us today as we praise the Lord together before we leave, if we could just thank Him for who He is, thank Him for what He's done, and praise Him for what's about to happen as we step in to our future and our destiny with Him together in Jesus' name.